Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from our Easter Sunday message with Pastor Omar Lopez. Now, if you haven't followed us on Instagram or Facebook, give us a follow at PC Paramount, and then check out our website at praisechapelparamount.com. Enjoy this message. It's good to see everyone this morning on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday today, and so... We're glad you're here. In fact, turn to your neighbor right now and tell him you're in the right place at the right time right now. And so we're glad you're here this morning and we're looking forward to uh, what the Lord is going to do here today. We welcome everyone, all the different families that are here. And uh, last last year on Easter, it was me and and a camera, our camera crew. And uh, it's good to see people in the house today worshiping the Lord. And so I'm looking forward to preaching an Easter Sunday morning sermon to a group of people here. And we welcome everyone. But we we don't want to forget our online people. God bless you. Come on, give them a big hand. And so we know a number of people are still online today. And we just welcome all of you. Uh, But I'm going to pray in just a moment. I've been ministering a message or a series. Uh, this month on our vision and our vision statement is reach, restore, and release. And we've been talking about how God wants to reach people and how God wants to restore people into relationship with Christ and to committed followers of Jesus. And then last week, I talked about releasing people into their God-given gifting and, and God-given, God-given potential for his kingdom. And I believe God can use anybody, right? And last week, I talked about God uses the very insecure people. And so if you're insecure, you qualify. And God uses the unlikely people, right? Those people that you think, ah, they're not likely to succeed. You didn't make the yearbook right and then most best dress and all of this stuff. I didn't make any of that either. Don't worry about it. And then God uses failures, right? The most successful failure was Peter. And God used them in a great way. So I'm here to tell you, God can use your life. And so this morning, I want to talk about why it's all possible. Because there's a resurrection. Jesus rose again from the dead. And so I'm going to pray. And before I do that, I'm going to read our theme scripture uh, that we've been reading here in Acts chapter 12, verse 24. And toward the end of service, at the end of service... uh, uh, I have a, a, an announcement that I want to make to the church, and uh, especially though this is your church, it really, um, I think you're going to like the announcement, and uh, hopefully you'll celebrate it with us at, at the end of service here. Uh, I'm going to read this verse of scripture. It says, Acts chapter 20, or 12, verse 24. It says, God's message continued to spread and reach people. And so let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you that your word applies today in 2021. That God, you have reached us and you're continuing to reach lives. You're continuing to transform hearts. And so God, I pray, open our hearts today to receive the word of God. Lord, remove every distraction. Lord, on this Resurrection Sunday, we rejoice and we thank you that Jesus is not in the tomb, but he's risen again. And so I pray today for the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon every word that I speak today and that the people would hear the voice behind the voice in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. And as I was saying today, Jesus came to reach us, to restore us, and to release us. And none of that is possible 
unless there's the resurrection. And I want to read one other verse of scripture here that I think puts it on all in perspective. First uh, Corinthians 15, 14, it says this, and if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. It's of no avail. And so is your faith. And so if Jesus had not risen today, you and I have no hope. We might as well go home, do whatever you want to do. But thank God he has risen and he is alive today. And I want to say to you that the resurrection changed everything. The resurrection changed history. And throughout the scripture and throughout history today, uh, you can see the, the most single most important event in all of history was the resurrection. And many people would say, why is that? Why is it so important? In fact, the resurrection separates history. Most of you know A.D. and B.C. In other words, your birthday, believe it or not, is uh, 2021 from what? From the day Jesus resurrected. Even our history, our everything about our, our date, everything, Jesus Christ rose again uh, from 2020, uh, 20, 2021 years ago. Are you hearing me today? I'm here to tell you today, our whole history literally split in A.D. and B.C., A.D. stands for uh, Anno Domini, or uh, the year of our Lord, and B.C. stands before Christ. And so everything in history is based uh, on Jesus Christ and his resurrection. It's amazing to me when we think of Jesus and we think of who he is and the impact that he made upon human life. Now think about this. Jesus never wrote anything down. There's never a book that he wrote. There's never a letter that he wrote. Yet there have been more books written about Jesus than any other person in history. Jesus never wrote any song. He never composed any music, never wrote any song to anyone, never sang a song that we know. And yet today there are more songs combined about one person than any other person in history. And yet, did you know, listen to this, most of the singers that you see today, that you hear, that you listen to, a lot of those singers learn to sing right here in church. And that's where they learn to stand before an audience today because Jesus Christ is somebody to sing about. And that Jesus never built any buildings. There was no kind of building ever that he built, yet there are more buildings that are honored to his name than any other buildings or structures ever. Jesus never wrote any or never drew any pictures. He never built any statues, yet there's more art about Jesus than anybody else. He never traveled more than 200 miles from where he was born, and yet today you can go around the planet, one out of every three persons in the world believe in Jesus have faith in Jesus I want you to realize something Jesus makes a difference and here's what I want to say to you that Jesus Christ today can make a difference in your life and so I want to read a story here out of John chapter 11 and before that I want to just kind of read a statement that he makes in this story and I'll give you the context of this entire story here in John chapter 11, Jesus makes this statement. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. And the one who believes in me will live even though he dies. Now, in case you're wondering, what is the resurrection? Pastor, what does the resurrection mean? It means that when something dies, it comes back to life. 
He said, well, that's impossible. Well, that's who Jesus is. Hallelujah. It's supernatural. Now, a resurrection is not something that happens after you have coffee. I know a lot of you look like uh, you hit a train before you woke up and uh, before you have your coffee. A resurrection doesn't happen there. A resurrection, I know some of us see it at 5 p.m. at work. Uh, you ever see all those people just come back to life? Uh, they've been dead all day, and all of a sudden, uh, they're the clock watchers, and the resurrection happens at work. Uh, but I want you to realize something. The greatest story ever told, Jesus Christ was nailed to a cross, crucified. But I want to say to you, on the third day, he rose again, and he conquered death, hell, and the grave today. This is why Jesus Christ said, I am the resurrection. Now, Jesus not only intended to resurrect himself, but I'm here to tell you that he came to resurrect your life. And there are things in our lives that are dead that he wants to resurrect. And you may be thinking, what could that be? And there's a, a number of things that I want to cover today that Jesus wants to resurrect in your life. When Jesus made this statement, I am the resurrection in the life, it was in context to someone else who had died. And he's it's talking about Lazarus. And when he made that statement, he made the statement in context to, to Lazarus. And I'm going to get into that story here because I, I want you to realize something that Lazarus was also risen from the dead. Jesus raised him up from the dead. But there is a number of people in this story that I want to kind of cover that maybe it could relate to you. There's three particular people in this story that I believe any of us can relate to because really there's something that's died in us. There's things that are dead inside of every person, and I want to talk about that today. And in John chapter 11, here is Jesus. He's on the scene. He's ministering to people, and he gets some bad news. And the Bible says, uh, now a man named Lazarus was sick. Now, I want you to realize something. He was sick. He didn't have a cough. He didn't have a cold. He was on the verge of death. And then the Bible says he was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. And so the sisters, they sent word to Jesus. And the word or the message they sent Jesus was this. The one that you love, Lord, or Lord, the one that you love is sick. Now, the reason why they say that is that Jesus had a close relationship with his family. There are many times, if you read in Scripture, that he spent time at their house. And so he had a personal relationship with his family. And so this is why they say, the Lazarus, your friend, your good friend, the one that you know really well, is sick. And so they're calling Jesus in hopes that he would change his plans and hope that Jesus would drop everything to come and heal Lazarus from his sickness. Now, a lot of us this morning, you may be in a season in your life right now. Maybe you're in a great season. Maybe things are happening good. Maybe things have turned around here in 2021, but I, I, I'll venture to say some of you right now, your season in life right now, you're still hurting. There's still some pain in your life, and maybe you've got similar news just recently, or maybe this week, or uh, this past month, where someone that you know is sick. You've got the news, the, the one that you love is sick. Maybe someone that you know had the terminal illness or someone that you know just passed away. Or maybe it's possible that even on your job, you got news that, man, your job 
is the more than likely going to go away. Your job is fading away. That particular thing is not doing well. Maybe you got news of a good friend who had this dream marriage, but now this marriage is a nightmare. And you're praying for them. You're, you're believing God. Or maybe you're a, a parent today and you got a call from the principal's office. And they're not telling you, telling you that your son or daughter is on the honor roll. It's something else, right? You're getting opposite news. And you're wondering, what is going on here? And you get unexpected bad news. There is a story that uh, actually, a true story, it happened a number of years ago. In fact, they made a movie about this story. It's called Breakthrough. Anybody hear about this story? Or It's called Breakthrough. And I'll just kind of give you the story. Uh, this mother is facing an impossible situation. Uh, her son, John, has fallen through the ice in the in Missouri, I don't know if you've heard this story, but he's submerged in freezing water for a full 15 minutes before EMTs are able to reach him and transport his lifeless body to the hospital. All hope seems lost, and by the time the mom arrived at the hospital, she has learned that they have been doing CPR on her son John for the last 45 minutes with no signs of life. His body is completely cold. Talk about unexpected bad news. I'll go back to that story in just a moment. But the Bible says that he gets news. Jesus gets news about Lazarus, that Lazarus' friend is sick. And the Bible says in verse 4, Jesus says something amazing that might even offend some of us. And this is what he said. When he heard this news, Jesus said, the sickness will not end in death. It's for God's glory. I don't know about you. That don't seem glorious to me. So that God's son, what, may be glorified through it. The very thing that you would never want to happen in your life, God is going to get the glory from. Could you imagine some of the bad news that you get? Is it possible that God is going to get the glory for some of that? Is it possible? And I, I'm not going to read the whole story, but I'll give you a quick summary of what begins to happen. So the family is basically, again, awaiting that Jesus is going to come and uh, he's going to respond to the news that his son is sick. And the Bible says that if you read the story, that Jesus does nothing. He hears the news and he basically doesn't make any arrangements to go. If you know the story, it takes a day tra traveling to get there, and Jesus is not calling Uber. He's not calling Lyft. No, there's nothing. There's no arrangements. He's not packing his bags. In fact, if you read the story, Jesus is kind of just hanging around. He's chilling, man. He's not doing nothing. Nothing's happening. He's not making a move. Uh, two days later, he finally tells the disciples, hey, let's go back uh, to Judea. And let's go back in that area again. And the disciples say, wait a minute, Jesus, let's not go back over there because it was in that place where they wanted to stone you to death because you claimed to be the son of God. When you claimed to be the son of God, you were making yourself equal with God. And the Bible said they wanted to stone him to death. And finally, Jesus said, no, uh, he said, Lazarus is falling asleep and we must go wake him up. Now, he's dead, but they're thinking that Jesus is talking about real sleep. They're thinking about, like, man, he must be in a, 
uh, sleeping beauty sleep. No, he's dead, folks. And, and Jesus finally has to tell them that. And there's three characters in this Bible, in this story that I want to bring out. One of them is Thomas. Another, another one is Lazarus' sister by the name of Mary. And the other one is Martha. And we're going to see the different ways that each of them has something dead inside that needs to be resurrected. All right? Let's start with Thomas. How many have ever heard of Thomas? How many have ever heard of Doubting Thomas? You ever heard of Doubting Thomas? This is the Thomas that I'm talking about. He's dead in his doubts. He is dead in his doubt. And the reason why Thomas is known as Doubting Thomas, it goes... Uh, in, it, uh, later on, you'll find that uh, it, after Jesus is resurrected, Thomas wasn't there to see the resurrection, and he doubts that he's come back to life. And so I just want to share this verse of Scripture uh, to you in John chapter 20, verse, 21, uh, verse 24. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, and I've said it before, we can know him as TDD, amen, or whatever you guys want to call him. He's like a rapper's name, Didymus. Uh, anyway, one of the 12 was not, was, uh, was not with the disciples uh, when Jesus came. So the other disciple told him, we have, we have seen the Lord. But he said, unless I see the nail marks on his hand and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. You ever meet people, unless I see God, I won't believe. Man, God could be right in front of you. You just wouldn't even recognize him. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Now he's there. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came. All of a sudden, he stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, he said, put your hand, put your finger where my hand is, right here. Go ahead, put it right there. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. He grabbed his hand like, oh, I believe now. Stop doubting, Jesus said, and believe. And Thomas said what he said, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you believe. But blessed, listen to this, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Here, here is Jesus telling Thomas, look at, here the, here's the holes in my hand. The whole, Stop doubting and believe. And so we go back to the story of Lazarus, and they hear that, that Lazarus is sleeping, or we know in reality he's dead. And look at what it says in John chapter 11. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. And Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And then Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, let us go also that we, we may die with him. This guy just missing the whole point, isn't he? It's not just doubting Thomas, it's sarcastic doubting Thomas right here. They think that maybe he was just being sarcastic. Many scholars believe that maybe he was thinking, well, since we're going to go back to Judea anyway, we're going to get stoned to death. We might as well die too. And I'm curious today, how many of us, let's be honest, you've had some doubts, uh, your spiritual doubts about God. Raise your hand. How many of you? Okay, the rest of you that haven't raised your hand, uh, go ahead and shine your halo there and glow so we can all see you. But those that are real today, we've had some doubts. Am I right? We've had some real spiritual doubts that, that, man, how could these things happen? How could God 
allow all of these things, and, and we get bombarded daily, let's be honest, by doubt, especially if you're walking with God, and we behave like Thomas in many ways where we've questioned God. I've, I've noticed even when uh, we get uh, young people, they, they serve God, and I'm, I'm going to just say this, they go to college, and some Dumb professor tell them there is no God. Don't listen to that guy. He doesn't know what's happening. I want you to know there is a God, and he needs God in his own life. And they get filled with all this doubt and all this stuff. And before you know it, we got these young believers. I don't believe in God. God will hit you in the face, guy. Man, I'm going to just tell you that right now. You need to know that God is real. And then they start doubting. Is it, you know, even my iPad is shouting. Look at that. Let me just say this to you. A lot of us think, well, I'm hanging on my parents' faith. No, you have faith. You just need a resurrection. Stop doubting and just believe. And then we get the second person by the name of Mary. And the Bible said that Jesus finally makes his way over. He's making his way. It's a day's journey to get to uh, the house of where they have Lazarus, to get to the home of Mary and Martha and Mary is dead in discouragement. Say discouragement. Any ever, anybody ever been discouraged in your life? You've had, see, now we're getting some, all right, now we're starting to be a little bit more honest. Rest of you guys are starting to realize your halo's not as bright as you thought. So here, verse 20, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out, or, or she went out to meet him, or to meet Jesus, but what happened? Mary stayed at home. In other words, they both knew Jesus. They knew who Jesus was, but it was only Martha that ran out to meet Jesus. It wasn't Mary. Mary was probably a little upset because they had sent the message to Jesus to come, and they knew that he had read the message. How many know when you send the text, it says delivered, right? So they knew that Jesus, we know you got the message. We've seen, you know, we've seen that. You got it. I've seen you read it. It said read on my text. I know you, you read it. And so she's mad. She's at home. She's not going to come out. She's staying there. And a lot of us this morning, we feel that way. We're discouraged. Things ain't changing. You ever felt like that? You say, man, things aren't changing. Things aren't going. I'm stuck in this dead-end job. I'm in this place. I'm feeling alone. I'm discouraged. And then some of us, we learn the lingo. When somebody tells you, hey, how's it going? Praise the Lord. I'll raise the hallelujah. Man, I thank God. Yes, hallelujah. I thank God. And let's be honest. You may be smiling on the outside, but you're discouraged on the inside. And then we go to Martha, and I got to move quickly here. She was dead in her delay. God, it took too long. Look at what she says. She ran out to Jesus, but this is what she says to him in verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been dead or in the tomb for days. He already had been there. And so you can imagine Martha runs out to him. She's coming out to Jesus, but already uh, uh, Lazarus had been dead four days. Now, four days was significant because there was an old folks tale, it's not a, a Christian belief or a Jewish belief, but it was a folks tale that if a person died, that after four days, there was no way they could come back to life. They, they, they thought that uh, really that a spirit would hang around 
at least for four days or three days. But after the fourth day, the spirit was gone. And so pretty much she knew that Lazarus was not just dead. He was dead, dead, right? He was dead and some, right? And so the Bible says that, that she tells Jesus, says, well, where, where have you laid him? You know, let me go see him. And she said, Lord, and I love the way the King James says it because it, it, it gives a, a real holy version. He said, Lord, he thinketh by now. I would say he think, but the, the Bible says he think and make it a little holier. He think it by now. And, 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 and so she's saying that his body is discomposing, right? It's it pretty much at a place where we don't even want to be there and see him. And in verse 11, uh, the Lord said to Martha, uh, or Martha said to the Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. If you wouldn't have delayed, basically. Jesus, you took a little too long. How many have ever thought that about God? God, you're, you're man, how come you're not doing anything? How come you're, you're not moving? I thought you would do something by now. Can I just tell you something? God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. Okay, it's not necessarily that. Some of you are waiting. You're waiting. Man, I'm single. I'm a Christian. Uh, uh, you know, and some of you Christian girls, you're waiting for that. You're waiting to get married. You're tired of being the bridesmaid. Am I right? You're like going, man, when am I going to, to get married? When is that going to happen? God's delays are not God's denials. You'll get them. Amen. He's coming in. He's here right now. You just don't know it yet. Amen. You've been praying for something, and you're going, man, nothing's happening. You're praying to get pregnant. It's like everybody in your connect group. All they do is they look at each other. Some couples, they get pregnant. It's like, man, they can, they can get pregnant, like, you know, right away. Others, man, you're just waiting. It's been a while. Hey, Amen. What's happened to my wife and I, and it takes a while, but thank God. God's denials or, hey, amen, or delays are not God's denials. You've been praying for someone to get healed. You've been praying for someone uh, to, to, to God to touch them. It, even, it may even be someone that you've been praying for and it seems like they're getting worse. And you're wondering, God, what, what, what's going to happen here? How can this happen? What can you do, God? And you can imagine that's what's going on in Martha's heart. She's wondering why God or why Jesus took too long to get there. And, and I want you to realize something. In John chapter 11, the first 21 verses are really a sad scenario, uh, a really a sad commentary because uh, there seems to be death, there seems to be discouragement, there seems to be doubt. And so the first uh, 21 verses of John chapter 11, uh, there, uh, Lazarus dies, Thomas is doubting, Mary's depressed, uh, uh, Martha's kind of upset. I mean, all kinds of things are happening here. And it, it isn't into verse 22 that things begin to shift. Now they say that, it takes 21 days to break a bad habit. That if you can, that if you can stop doing something or, or that if, if, if you wanted to let go of something, if you can let go of it for 21 days, you can break a bad habit. And after 21 days, you can pick up a new habit. Right? So 21 days basically can break some bad habits in your life and can set you free. So look at what happens in verse 22. Martha finally says this, but even now, say even now, but even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give it to you. 
I want to say to some of you right now, you need an even now moment where God can begin to shift things in your life. Even now, God, I know you could do it. Even now, God, I know you can change something. And let me just read that story again of that uh, breakthrough that happened. This woman who went to go see her son, going back to that story, uh, her son John had fell through the ice. Uh, he had, uh, was not responding to CPR until finally she gets a, a, a mom's worst nightmare. Her call, She gets the call. She was about to go pick him up at the lake. And they call her right before she leaves and said, listen, he's at the hospital and he's not responding. And so she drives over to the hospital. It is now 45 minutes. They have been trying to perform CPR. There is no signs of life. And when she arrived at the hospital, the doctors begin to try to talk to her, but she's not listening to what they're saying. She goes, I... I don't care what you got to say. I, I've got faith. She walks into the room. She feels his cold body, and she had an even now moment. Let me just tell you. She said, man, she remembered in church hearing that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, and she thought, Lord, if you can raise people from the dead, you can raise my son from the dead. And, and the story goes, she prayed, Holy Spirit, bring life back into my son, and God that's what happened. He, a heartbeat came. All of a sudden, the monitor stood on. And do you know, listen to me, this story went viral, and it is the first medical resurrection in the 20th verifiable resurrection in modern history that uh, doctors have verified that this person was dead for 45 minutes and now is alive and no longer dead because somebody had an even now moment. Somebody had an even now moment that said, you know what? I'm not going to be discouraged. I'm not going to worry, and I'm not going to live in my doubt. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to have an even now moment. I'm here to tell you today, some of you right now, you're depressed. Some of you are discouraged. Some of you are wondering what's going to happen, and I'm here to tell you that God can do those things, but impossible with man is possible with God. We may even, even our hearts may be a little callous. Even our, our faith may be a little broken. Even our life right now, we may be feeling like, God, can anything good come out of this? And I love what Jesus, uh, uh, what uh, Martha tells him here in verse 23. She said, uh, uh, she said, uh, Lord, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jesus tells her, your brother will rise again in verse 23. And Martha says, uh, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last days. So she was confused over a different resurrection. And Jesus, I love what Jesus says in verse 25. I am the resurrection in life. You're talking to resurrection right now. And the one who believes in me uh, will live even though he dies. Whoever lived, whoever lived by believing in me will never die. Jesus is saying, I am the resurrection. The resurrection is not an event. The resurrection is a person. The resurrection is Jesus Christ. He can resurrect anything that has died in your life. He can resurrect anything that is not going right in your life. He is the resurrection. And when the resurrection walks in the room, things come back to life. 
I don't care if your life stink it, okay? I don't care if your family stink it. God can come in and resurrect some things in your life. He can transform some things in your life. And so in verse 43, the Bible says that they wrote, he said, I want you guys to roll away the stone. He goes, roll the stone away. And the Bible says that Jesus called out in a loud voice. Because he went to the tomb where Lazarus had lain there. And he said, you know what? Uh, 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 move the stone. And he called out in a loud voice. And he said, Lazarus, come out. Or the King James says, Lazarus, come forth. I love what it says there. And, and why did Jesus say it in a loud voice? Maybe because dead people don't hear very well. And so Jesus wanted to make sure this dead person heard his voice. And he shouted out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen. Now, I want you to think about this. How did Lazarus come out? He couldn't walk. He was wrapped. So he did like the bunny hop, and he just came out like this, right? Maybe that's where the Easter bunny came from. I'm not sure. Uh, we can all put it in there somewhere. It's possible. And, and, and the Bible says, uh, Jesus says, take off the grave clothes and let him go because Jesus wants to unbind you by the death of things, uh, things that have had you wrapped, things that have had you bound. Some of us this morning, there are things that have got you bound. God wants to loosen you from. God wants to set you free from. You don't even know you're bunny hopping around. Amen. You're so bound in sin. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. I love this story because, again, it gives us a picture of how Jesus can bring dead things back to life. And I want you to remember the same thing happened to Christ. They, 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 they didn't roll away the stone. Jesus rolled away the stone. And today Jesus wants to roll away the stones in your life that have you bound in the tomb because he is capable. I said he is more than capable of setting you free today. And I'm here to tell you today that that's the type of, or that's the kind of God that we serve. We serve a resurrection God. We serve a, a God today that can bring bring dead things back to life. He can bring marriages back to life. He can bring people back to life. He can bring families back to life. Maybe you're praying for your family. Maybe you're praying for a loved one. Maybe you're praying for your marriage. Maybe you're praying over your own life and you're wondering, can God heal this? Can God do this? Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. I can bring life to whatever situation you have today. And I'm here to share with you today doesn't matter how, how much dead things are in your life today. God can resurrect them. God can do something in your life today. I don't care what people have said about you. I don't care what society has said about you. I don't care what people's opinions are. We don't live by people's opinions. I listen to what God says about me. And he is the resurrection and the life today. So I'm going to pray this morning. I want our musicians to come in just a moment. I want to pray. I'm going to ask the Lord this morning to minister to your life today, that God would touch your life, even as I have come to a conclusion here, but I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that God minister to your life right now. So Father, why don't you just bow your head, close your eyes for a moment. Father, we thank you today. God, you're so good. We thank you for the resurrection. We thank you, Lord, that dead things can come back to life. And God, that your word, your presence builds back our faith. Now, God, I know today there are some today that are struggling in their faith. 
some today that are struggling in their walk. There's things today that are discouraging. There's things even today that may have died. There's things today, God, that have maybe seemed like there's no hope. Some here today are living in doubt. I pray, God, a resurrection, God. Get them out of that doubt. Some are discouraged today. Some are so discouraged, they're wondering, man, I don't know if I could make it. You look good on the outside, but on the inside, you're discouraged. Some, you're, you're, you're filled with delay. You're wondering, man, I don't know if it is, it's ever going to happen. Been so long, I don't think anything can change. And I'm here to say to you that God, God's delays are not God's denials. And so this morning, if you're in this place right now, and maybe you're listening online as well, with every head bowed, every eye closed, and Christian praying quietly right now, whoever you are, just, just sit there for just a moment if you can, for just the next few moments as you're there, whoever you are in this room, Christian's praying quietly right now. I want to believe God for you. I want to just share with every single person in this building that there's a God in heaven that loves you. There's a God in heaven that cares about your life. That Jesus Christ did rise again from the dead. He did. He rose again. The Bible says he was put in a tomb. He was crucified. He was nailed to a cross. He was put in a tomb. Death thought, that's it, it's over. Hope is gone. The Savior is dead. The hope for mankind is over. But on the third day, he rose again. And he conquered death, hell, and the grave. And so no matter what's going on in your life, he can conquer that. No matter what has you bound, what has you in a dark place today, what has you in doubt or discouragement, I'm telling you, the resurrection will change your life today. Christ can change your life. So whoever you are in this room right now, you're listening online, every head bowed, every eye closed, you're not here by coincidence. God brought you here. He loves you. He wants to change your life. He wants to come into your heart, save your soul. That's why Jesus came to save people. See, all of us, believe it or not, we're, we're bound. Believe it or not, we, we have grave clothes on. We just don't know it. The Bible says again, the wages of sin is death. Our sin ultimately will kill us. The Bible says there's none righteous, not even one person. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So no matter who you are today, you're not good enough to make it into heaven. You need a Savior. You need Jesus in your life. Until right now, as your head is bowed, your eyes closed, you'll be honest with God and say, Pastor, you know what? I need Jesus in my life. Yes, you do. We all do. You need that resurrection power that I'm talking about. You need God's forgiveness today. And I couldn't tell you of a better day that you can give your life to Jesus than on an Easter Sunday. Because Jesus brings people back to life. He changes your life today. And all it takes is for you to be honest. See, God will never force himself on you. You have to be honest with God and say, yes, I need Jesus in my life. You need to be honest with yourself. You need to be honest with God and say, God, I need you today. And you, you believe in God, you've thought about God, but have you ever surrendered your life to him? Have you ever asked him to come in your heart and forgive you of your sins? 
See, that's the next step you need to take today. So if you're in this room right now with every head bowed, every eye closed, maybe you've been discouraged, maybe you've been filled with doubt, but today, God's telling you he cares about you. He is the resurrection. So whoever you are right now, you be honest with God and say, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life right now. Would you just raise your hand right now, whoever you are, and say, you know what, that's me. Back there, God bless you. A number of people, thank you. Who else? Who else? Thank you, a number of people. You can put your hands down. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Is there anybody else? A number of people have already raised their hand. There's some of you, God's waiting on you today. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait because I believe there's some more people here today. And you're kind of hesitating. You haven't raised your hand yet. And you know you need the Lord in your life. You know it. You've heard it. You've been, you, you, you got every excuse in the world. Can I tell you, your excuses don't hold water with God. They're, they're, they're not going to go anywhere. It's an excuse. An excuse is the skin of a reason stuffed with a lie. You're lying to yourself. Get rid of your excuses today. I can give you a hundred excuses. I'll give you a thousand excuses. But none of those excuses are good reasons enough not to receive Jesus. So if you haven't raised your hand right now, raise it up. Say, Pastor, that's me. I need the Lord in my life. Raise it up right now. Say, that's me. I need God in my life back there. Who else? Who else? Back over here. Who else? Anybody else right now, you'd raise your hand. Over here. God bless you. Down here on my right. Number of people today. Today, Today's Resurrection Sunday. Today, lives are going to come to Jesus. Who are you? You're waiting right now. You're, you're debating. You're, you're, man, you're wondering, man, what, what is that? That's the Holy Spirit. He's tugging at your heart. Raise your hand right now and say, that's me. That's me. Put the excuses aside. Thank you. God waited for you. God bless you. Who else? Who else? Who else? God's waiting on you. Thank you. Back over there. God's waiting for you. Thank you. So many people. I, I'm telling you, why do I do this? Because one day... Long time ago, I was like you. And I was sitting in the back. And I was thinking, oh, I'm okay, I'm all right. And I realized, you know what, I do need God. And I raised my hand. And from that moment on, my life was changed. And we can think of all the excuses in the world, but you need God. Whether you're a man or woman, no matter how old you are, you need the Lord. Raise your hand if you haven't raised it up already. Maybe some of you are walking with God. You're away from God. You need to come back home. You know better. You know where to come. That's why you're here today. You need to come back to the Father. Come back to the Father. He's been waiting for you. You know what the Father's going to do? He's going to run out to you and embrace you. Not here to condemn you. We're not here to put you down. We're here to welcome you home. Welcome home. Come back. You're away from God. You need to come back. Raise your hand right now. So that's me, Pastor. I need to come back. Thank you. Thank you. Several people back there. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you. Who else? Anybody else? I want to pray for some people. I want to pray for all of you. You raise your hand. I know that was a big step for you, but I need you to take another step. I want to pray with you today. If you raise your hand, look up at me real quick. Over here, look up at me. You guys raise your hand. Okay, stand to your feet and come meet me right here. Just come stand and face me. Come on. Come on. Stand. Stand. Just come. Several of you, come. Come right now. Several of you. Come on, we're clapping for you. Anybody else over here? Anybody else? Several people coming. Come on, let's clap for these folks. God bless you, bro. God bless you guys. God bless you. God bless you. How are you doing? God bless you. Praise God. Come on, just keep coming. There's several people. 
several more people right now. Come on, let's give these folks a hand. We're celebrating you. We're glad you came. Just come, just come, just come. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you said, man, I, I, I didn't raise my hand, but I know I should be up here. Come, come. I'm going to wait for you. I'm going to wait for you. Some of you raise your hand and you're not coming. Come, I'll wait for you. I don't want you to leave here the same way you walked in. If there anybody else right now, you come, you come. We got some more coming. Come on, just give them a hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? No matter who you are, how young, how old you are. Right now, maybe you're sitting out there. Make up your mind right now. Now, this is your moment. An even now moment right now is your moment right now. An even now moment. So that's it, man. I'm doing it. I don't care what anybody says. I'm doing it. Come. Come. We'll pray with you because we believe this is the most important part of the entire service. We love the worship. We love all of that. We love the prayer. But I'll tell you, the Bible says that all heaven rejoices over one sinner that repents. The only time the Bible said there's a celebration in heaven is when people give their life to Jesus. There's a celebration going on today. So I want to pray for all of you that came forward. And why don't we just bow our heads and close our eyes for just a moment. I'm going to give you the words to this prayer. And I want you to say this prayer to God. Don't say it to me. But I want you to say it to God and mean it in your heart. And that's what makes the difference. It's not the prayer. It's the attitude of your heart. And so I want you to say this prayer to God. And I want you to say it out loud. Don't just say it in your mind. Say these words to the Lord. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me and rose again. I ask you, Lord, to come in my heart to forgive me of all my sins. Make me a new person. Change my life. From this day forward, I will serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.